Welcome, welcome to another edition of 720 and 720. This is John Schulman, and we've got a, a very unique guest, uh, a guest not of the basketball world, of the football world. And just to tell you the truth, in my 52 years, one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard in my life. I think you're going to enjoy the story. I think you're going to be uh, sympathetic with the story, and I think you're going to understand what I'm talking about after you hear the story. Jags, welcome, Jags. Uh, to 720 and 720. Hey, how you doing, John? Uh, we're good. Jags, I know you as Jags, and everybody in the sports world knows you as Coach Jags. Give us your full name because, number one, I'm not smart enough to say it. Uh, so so it, tell us your full name, and, and don't spell it, though. All right. All right, it's Jeff Jagosinski. Well, I, I don't even know how to say that. But, but for you sports fans out there and for you coaches out there, Jags, uh, has an amazing story that I want to go through with you, and um, because it's a, it's a crazy story, and it's a story that that uh, w- when I heard it for the first time, I didn't believe. But Jags now lives in Chattanooga. Jags, w- tell us where. You, first of all, where are you from originally? Well, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and. For all the people out there, yes, this is a northern accent as you're listening to it. <laughs> Sounds Midwest to me. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the, the Jags, you're from Milwaukee. All right, so you're from that area. Where'd you go to college? I went to a place called University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. It's a Division three school uh, there in the state. And the school I went to is a national power is in, in the football world. And they've got seven national championships and uh Back when I was playing, we we were good, but we weren't that good. And they're always in the in the semis to finals. They're always in there with a school called Mount Union. And um, Whitewater made it to the semifinals this year. Uh, they played uh, school down in Texas, Mary Harden Baylor. I don't know if you've ever heard. Oh, of Oh, absolutely. But, uh, Look, pe- yeah. what, pe- what people don't understand because my son's playing Division Two basketball. What people don't mm-hmm. understand is how good of uh, foot. If you're playing college athletics, it doesn't matter D1, D2, D3. You can play the game. So I, I know that level. That's why that level never plays one um, AA. I guess FCS schools because they don't want to take a butt kicking. Uh, because I know how good those levels are. So so you get done. You get done playing, and and you know you want to get into coaching right away. Correct. I did. I did. And you know what I wanted to do because I was playing Division three. It was really good. Good football. I had a great time. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I wanted to play Division One, and so I always wanted to go into into the big time. And um, so I was, I was always really intrigued because I wanted to play that level, and I, I really wasn't good enough to play that level. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to get into coaching. And what I did is I sent out 120 letters to every school, Division One school in the country, and I didn't get one reply you know your self-worth right off the bat don't you <laughs> uh, uh, you know yeah exactly exactly and because no one knew you right so and you know how the game is played john it's, it's really who you know and relationships getting jobs and all that so i sent out those 120 applications or not applications but just hey i'd like to be a part of your program and i didn't get any any answers for that so I went down to, I wasn't going to go to Madison, University of Wisconsin. They didn't have anything. So I decided I'd go to Northern Illinois. That was the closest Division One school to Milwaukee. And um, 
I just went one time, I just went down to Northern Illinois and I waited into the head coach's office until he got there. So I got there before he did. And he came walking in and the guy's name was Jerry Pettibone and really well known back in the, the heyday of Nebraska and the Oklahoma's he's a recruiting coordinator and wide receiver coach. So anyway, he was the, the head coach. And he said, um, he said, coach, he goes, I, he goes, Jags, he goes, I don't, he goes, I don't have anything. Uh, we don't have money for GAs here at Northern. And I said, I don't care. I said, I want to get in. So I took out a school uh, loan to coach. <laughs> I, I paid, I paid them to coach. And, um, that's how I. That's how I started. And that's how I got my foot in the door. Well, b- back in the day, and for all of you, so Jags, this is also a kind of a podcast to help young coaches. What you know for for young coaches, um, you know, I also kind of suggest uh, besides just sending a resume. Sometimes, if it's close enough and you're really involved in the job, you know, kind of invest in your own travel and and go there and and. And just say, here, coach, I just want to give you a resume. I was scared the mail would mess it up. I just want to give it to you. It actually shows a coach that you're willing to do whatever you got to do to want that job and get that job. So I'm sure you impressed him by being there and taking out a loan. But now, nowadays, it's, you know, young coaches are wanting, uh, they're wanting six figures to get started as a, as a GA. Uh, and and it's, it's a different time. But I appreciate you saying that and, and, and what you did. To, to get started in coaching. And that's what we had to do back in the day. So so you got the job. You got the job. Uh, you paid your own way. You got the job at Northern Illinois. I did. And I didn't have a place to live. So they said, well, Jags, you're going you're gonna, to uh, manage this apartment. I go, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had no idea what that meant. So, um Okay, so I didn't do anything with that. So they gave me a, uh, an apartment to live in, but I didn't have anything, John. I had a suitcase of clothes, a small suitcase, mind you, of clothes, and um, I had no furniture in that place, and I didn't have any place to sleep. So I was sleeping on the floor, and uh, this girl was throwing away a mattress. And I go, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I go, I'll take that. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I, I took that from her. Drag it up to my apartment, throw it on the floor or onto the floor, and so that's what I that's what I started sleeping on. That's a, it's a so, glamorous world. Coaching's a glamorous world, isn't it? Um, uh, not in the beginning, <laughs> how long, or or the end. Trust me. All right, uh, <laughs> exactly. uh, 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 as you as you know that. All right. So, um, uh, how long did you stay at Northern Illinois? I only stayed there for one season, and I got a chance to meet some really really good people down there. And one of the guys that I was coaching with at the, at the time, he his dad was a teacher at Penn State, and uh, or a professor at Penn State. And there was a guy named Mike Archer that used to cut their lawn. Well, anyway, Mike Archer got the head coaching job at LSU at 33 years old. So I just started calling Archer out of the blue, and at LSU, and uh, so. That conversation was good. I, hey, how's the weather down there? And it's snowing sideways up here in Milwaukee right now. And he said, well, it's pretty nice down here in Baton Rouge. So anyway, I was doing some substitute teaching. I go, this is surely not me. I'm, I'm not going to do this. So I jumped in my VW Rabbit, had no uh, gas gauge on it. So I had to do it by mileage. <laughs> and I 
said, hey, I'd ask one of my buddies. I said, come on, Johnny, let's go down. I go, I'm going down to LSU. I want to meet Archer. So I kind of did the same thing. I just showed up in uh, Archer's office one one day, and I waited there for about four hours until he he could see me. <laughs> see how that is. I, right? I love it. Guy. Yep. So I was waiting in his office in uh, in the lobby for about four hours, and he came by, and I got a chance to go in uh, to see him. And um, man, I just pitched myself, and I said, and "I said, Coach, I look. I said, you don't know me, and I said, but." I want a chance to coach and I want to be at a, a big time place like LSU. And so the conversation went, I said, there's no one going to outwork me and there's no one going to be. And I mean, you know, you're just pitching yourself. Right. Yep, yep. And for whatever reason, you know, the guy took a chance on me, some guy from Milwaukee playing division three football, you know, Mike's 33 years old. And um, the guy gave me a job. I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, and, I'm a believer. The harder you work, the luckier you get. And and, well, and if you hadn't got in your VW and drove from Milwaukee or from Northern Illinois to to Baton Rouge, you would have never got the job. So if you don't go for, it, I, I used to say in recruiting, if, if you don't even make an effort to go try to go get that kid, he he, right. ain't, he ain't coming. And That's and, right. and you, you got to go for it. You ain't gonna win the lottery if you don't play. And so you you hit the lottery down there, and so so now all of a sudden you're a young kid at LSU. So all, you're doing good so far. So so keep on going with us. All right. So I got a chance to be there for for two seasons, and here's the thing they gave you. I said, look, because we'll pay for you to have a, a master's degree, or you can coach. Well, I didn't. I had no desire to have a master's degree. None. I didn't want to go to school anymore. I said. The education I was going to get was on the field and being around all of these really, really good coaches. I mean, they were good coaches down there. You don't get to a level like LSU if you're not a good coach, mm-hmm. right? So I got a chance to go down there and um, was there for, for two years. And I was looking for it, and I was looking for a job to get in. Okay, so I got LSU on my resume. and But one day I was sitting down in the bottom of the LSU's stadium. I mean, that's where we were. That's where they put all the GAs. We had five of us at the time. And one of the coaches, his name was Jerry Sullivan, was our wide receiver coach. And Bill Lewis was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. And he got a job at East Carolina, and he wanted Jerry to go along with him as his coordinator. Well, Jerry wasn't going to go to East Carolina from LSU. He, I mean, he just, that wasn't a good move for him. He said, but I got a young guy that you might be interested in. And Jerry gave him my name. And um, we were playing in the Hall of Fame Bowl, Hall of Fame Bowl or something. And uh, right after that, I got a chance to go interview with uh, Bill Lewis. And the first thing, it was East Carolina. And it's, when, it's in Greenville. Well, there's a Greenville, North Carolina, and a Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> I had no idea where the, where the hell I was going to go, right? Well, I mean, this is the South, man. I mean, we're all family down here anyway. Come on, Jax. I, I know it, but I had no idea what it was. I said, well, it's, it's, it's North Carolina. I said, okay. So my flight went from Baton Rouge to Atlanta, from Atlanta to uh, Charlotte, and then Charlotte into is one of those prop planes, right? Yep. Is one of those prop planes that I to get into Greenville, 
America, North Carolina. So I went in there on my interview and I had the only thing I had no money to buy clothes. So I used my, I wore my bowl sweater and I think it was a gator bowl sweater <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, I hadn't, I had no money. Right. So I ended up getting this job at East Carolina coaching the tight ends and I was making $20,000 a year. It th- I thought, it I thought was, you were rich. I thought I, I hit the lottery Yeah, and, and they gave me a car and, um, I got 20,000 making $1,200 a month is what I was, what I was getting. I said, I thought I was rich and yeah. I was eating on the training table. My insurance was taken care of because I was a single guy. And so they took care of my insurance, um, just the way it was cause I had no family. And when I left, when I left Baton Rouge, I had a steamer trunk in a box and I had that shipped and, uh, that's that's why I started at East Carolina. They said, "Well, you got to go out recruiting." <laughs> I said, "Okay, where am I going?" They sent me to this place called Apex, North Carolina. Oh yeah. And I said, "Where the hell is that?" And I went to, and it was in Raleigh. So I was between Apex and High Point somewhere, and so I just started recruiting. Had no idea what I was doing, and I just, you know. Well, I, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna tell you this for all coaches out here going to listen to this. Uh, I did make a comment to you. Uh, you thought you were rich. I, I'm going to tell you, if you're a true coach, then you probably were rich. Um, and I tell you why. You're coaching. Uh, I, I thought when I when I got my first dealer car as a coach, I thought I was the coolest coach in America. I had a white Buick at, at Tennessee Tech, and I thought I was. I hung them. I mean, it was incredible. And so when you when you're really drawn to coaching and and coaching's your calling like it is with you because you see it all over you uh you were rich at twenty thousand dollars at east carolina recruiting an area you've never recruited all right all right so you stayed east carolina you stayed east carolina uh till 96 all right correct right right i started started there in 89 all right but here's just one of the things we we ended up going um 11 or 10 one and one we lost the first game against Illinois. That was our opening game. And we ripped, this is our third year there. And then we went undefeated the rest of the rest of the time. And Bill Lewis gets an opportunity. You know, when you win at a place like that, you get a chance to go to yep. you know, a bigger place. So Bill goes to uh, Georgia Tech. And I said, fantastic, man. I'm going to Georgia Tech. Well, not so fast. He didn't take me with him. And I went, oh, all right. So I was sitting I was sitting at the time, you know, Blockbuster was, uh, you know, one of those video stores. So I, I got like 10 videos, cassettes, right? Those things. And I just sat in my, I sat in my little townhouse that I had and I just went, oh man, now where am I going to go from here? So, but anyway, a guy on the staff got the job and he gave me the offensive line job and I never coached the offensive line before. And I said, yeah, all right, well, here we go. And I mean, I was like, scared to death because I had no idea what I was doing, but, and his name was Steve Logan. And, um, I ended up staying there for another five years and learn, learn that trade. And, um, I was trying, I just met people. Mark Rick was on that staff. Chuck Pagano was on that staff. I mean, all these guys, there was uh, off of that staff, there was five guys that went to the NFL yeah. and they all became coordinators and Chuck got the head job at with uh, Indianapolis Colts. 
So, you know, you, and there's your network of people. Yep. And the whole thing is, I mean, you have to network like crazy to, and it's just, I think, any profession, it's really who you know. So I got to know all of these guys, and, um, and then I had an opportunity uh, to go to uh, Boston College as uh, the coordinator. And the thing is, Tom O'Brien just took the job at BC, and no one wanted the BC job either because they had a gambling scandal. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. Yep. But they had a gambling scandal, and nobody wanted to go to BC. So Tom, and this was Tom's first job. He came from Virginia. And I met Tom on a recruiting trip. I recruited up in Tidewater. It was a southeast Virginia, really, really fertile ground for recruiting. But I met Tom, you know, on the road in recruiting. That's how I got to know him. And uh, there was like five guys that turned him down to go there. So I wasn't, I've never been anybody's first choice. And, <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, no, it, it, really it, doesn't. Does, it doesn't matter if you're anybody's first choice, second choice. It doesn't matter. It matters that you got the job. It matters that you, when, 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 when you're on the road or you're at a camp, meet as many people as you can possibly meet. And that got you to BC, correct? That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And I was there for two years. And um, one of the guys that wanted to visit East Carolina, when we were in East Carolina, we were throwing the ball. This is like early 90s. And we were throwing the ball five wide. We were throwing the ball all over the park. And nobody was really doing that. There's a couple guys out on the West Coast that was doing it. And we just put up like really, really big numbers. And uh, one of the guys that wanted to come visit us, you know how in the spring, yep. like right now, you go yep. visit other coaches or yep. other teams and, you know, learn it. Well, there was a guy named Mike Sherman, and he was down. He was down at Texas A and M, and he goes. He called. And he said, "Hey, I, I want to come up and visit you guys and talk to you guys about your passing game." And um, so, anyway, I ended up going to BC, and I was there for two years. And I called Mike Sherman. I said, "Mike, how did you get into the NFL? Because that's something I'd really, really be interested in doing." And he said, "Well, I just I met scouts and." And he, he ended up going up to Green Bay. So Mike was up in Green Bay, and um, Mike Holmgren was there, and he took the job out at Seattle with the Seahawks and took Sherman with him. And, and he said, would you be interested in coming here and coaching the tight ends? Well, I dropped the phone. It <laughs> took me about 10 minutes to find it off the floor, right? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, just, just, and, ima- just imagine going from uh, a suitcase going down to LSU – to all right. of a sudden, uh, now you're with the Green Bay Packers, and you're you're a Wisconsin guy. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. First person I called, I called my my dad, and I said, "Hey, Dad, I said I just got a job with the Packers." Now I think my dad dropped the phone, and it yeah. took him about ten minutes to find yeah. it. Yeah. So I ended up going up to Green Bay, and they offered me uh, offered me the job. Now I was gonna I would have crawled to Green Bay from Boston. To, to take that job because I mean, that was my dream job. And so I'm sitting there and looking out the, uh, my office in the Lambeau field. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I go, I can't believe I'm here. And I had all my green Bay gear and all that. I mean, I was as proud as could be. And, um, that was really, uh, a great opportunity to, to coach there. And here's a, the, the funny thing about that. I was never in Lambeau field. My dad could never get a ticket. Right, because they're they're always sold out. So the, so I had to get a job with the Packers to get into Lambeau Field. <laughs> so. it's, it, no, it's it's nuts. 
And now it, sudden, it really is. Uh, it really is. All right, you're you're with the Packers because I want to get yep. to BC. So you're with the Packers for, for what four seasons, right? Uh, and then, then now you're an NFL guy. So so NFL guys kind of like NBA guys. Uh, you can move from team to team because you know how that thing works. That's exactly right, and then, and then you know people. So I end up getting a job. I go from Green Bay to down to Atlanta with uh, Jimmy Mora, and um, and I was coaching, and they were in a West Coast offense because all those guys came from San Francisco. So I go down to Atlanta, and I knew the scheme. I knew all that, so I, I felt really comfortable. And I was at um, – I was at Atlanta for two seasons, and then Mike McCarthy ends up getting the job. Mike McCarthy and I were on the first staff in Green Bay with Ray Rhodes, and that's how I got a chance to, to meet Mike McCarthy. And Mike, I was sitting at my desk in Atlanta, and he calls, and he goes, you want to be the coordinator in Green Bay? <laughs> there, there again. I just dropped the phone again, right? I said, Absolutely. And so I go up to Green Bay. I was up there for a year, and my family said, I'm not, they were, we had just moved to Atlanta. They were there for 18 months. And my family, my wife goes, I'm not going up there. She goes, I'm not, I'm not leaving here. So I go up to Green Bay by myself. And what she told me, she goes, you're either going to get fired after the first year or you're going to get another job. So I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. So I ended up getting the job at, bc after my first year so i go up to bc and um as a head coach and the reason i got the job at bc is the first time i was at bc i got a chance to know the ad and we just got to be really really good friends i mean really really good friends so i go up to bc we had a really lot of success up there we're number two in the country Number ten overall. Okay, I want, I want, I want to re, re, redo that. Now, you were what in the country at Boston College? Number two. Number two, like in the ACC, or number two in Mass, or or where? Number two, <laughs> number two, where? In Mass, that's a great one, John. All right, but so, no, number two in the country in America. In America, at Boston College. At BC, yeah, we were that like that, eight pa- that that powerhouse, Boston College. Yes, that's it. But I tell you this, though, we did have. We did have Matt Ryan was my quarterback, and, um, and one of the things. So you had just been with Favre at Green Bay. Well, I was with Favre, and Aaron Rodgers was his backup, and I had Mike Vick down in Atlanta. So I've been really, really fortunate. I've been around like probably the best quarterbacks that ever played the game, <laughs> and um, actually, I you really it's going to end up being is like I'll have three. Hall of Fame quarterbacks that I've been with because Matt Ryan will be one, Favre's, Favre's one obviously, and and Aaron Rodgers is going to be one. So I've been with three uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which I mean that's just no, that's... Uh, when you look at it, it's like unbelievable. Well, so anyway, we were we were really successful at BC. We won two uh, division championships, and we were playing Virginia Tech. We beat them during the season both season, both years. And then we went to uh, the championship game to go to the Orange Bowl. And uh, we lost both of those games. And then I ended up having a chance to go to an interview with, this is where everything gets really interesting. I had an interview to go to the New York Jets. And the AD, again, we were like really, really good friends. And he just said, you're not taking that interview. You can't do that. I said, are you serious? I said, we just, we just, 
won 21 games at Boston College. And he goes, he goes, if you go on an interview, you're fired. And I just looked at him and I said, Gene, I go, this is one of the top jobs in the profession, near Jets. And he goes, well, I'm just saying, if you go, well, I went. And um, it was great. The interview was, was really, really awesome. It was a great experience. And so I come back from the interview, and I got handed a pink slip. He says, you got to go. You're not, you're not the head coach here at BC. And so I ended up quitting. Well, I ain't quit. I mean, I got fired, and I didn't have a job. And um, I was fortunate to get a job down at uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. And I was there for about a cup of coffee. I wasn't, it, it just didn't last. It was, it was one of those things that I think it just wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit for them. It wasn't a good fit for me. So that one didn't last. And um, so that's kind of where, John, <laughs> you're in my story. It's like, what are we going to do now? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I just want people to understand. And, and whether it be a business guy, I mean, you were on and, and, I feel your pain because uh, I was up there too at one time. You went from, you were, you know, who are the people that you, so you were coaching Matt Ryan at BC. You go to, you go to two ACC championship games. You're ranked number two in America. You beat, I think you beat Michigan State. You beat Notre Dame during those times. Yeah, we beat Notre Dame twice. We beat Clemson. We beat Florida State. We beat Miami. We beat everybody. In the ACC, and, and you're the and you're the you're you're probably the hot guy in college football. I I believe I was, and, like, and then was you go interview for an you go interview for the Jets job, uh, right. and and that backfires on you, and now you're sitting here talking to me, um, you know, eight nine years later. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think you know the the BC thing and then the Tampa thing happened like back to back. Which wasn't good. It it, it 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 didn't look good, you know, just from the outside. It didn't look good, and so I ended up getting a job at um, Georgia State, and I was down there for four years. And uh, the head coach gets fired down there, and I'm sitting there in this little apartment I've got, a one bedroom apartment. John, when you say small, <laughs> this thing. I mean, I could see every room. When I walked in the front door, I could see every room that was in this apartment, right? <laughs> and uh, so I was there for four years, and uh, I was getting out of coaching. I said, I, I kind of disgruntled about the whole thing. And, and I'd never do this, but I looked at this coaching website, and there's a job. It's an offensive line coach and wellness, Notre Dame High School, Chattanooga, America. I said, <laughs> I said, Okay. And so I sent him a resume and the AD here, um, Matt Pobiego is just a wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, and he goes, he saw my name. He said, he goes, no, this can't be that guy. And so Matt calls me and I ended up taking the job here at Notre Dame. And we had a lot of success up here at Notre Dame. We went to the state finals be the first time ever in 140 yard hit 140 year history in Notre Dame got a chance to go to the state finals and we went there and we ended up going to uh the quarterfinals this past year and uh I met this guy named John Schulman and we started, <laughs> and we started talking well we started I, I, talking I, in our, 
and our stories got real familiar. Yeah, so. I know. Let, let me ask you a couple things. I want to ask you a couple things because I want, as people are listening, let me ask you this. All right. So, yeah. so, so you beat you beat Notre Dame while you're at BC, uh, and I know you're juiced out of your mind. I'm just curious uh, when you when you won in the semis to go to the state championship at Notre Dame High School here in Chattanooga. Right. Was right. was the feeling the same? Was it different? Was it the same? You tell me. Well, you know, football's football, and you know, competition is competition. So, well, it was a little bit different than going to the NFC Championship game, I would say. But I um, <laughs> uh, no, I understand that. But, but you know what, though, it, it it was still championship, you know, and there's still competition, and and there's still you know 22 guys on the field at a time, and. So football is football. The thing that was different for me is I had all of these, you know, I was always college or coaching in the pros, and all of a sudden I'm here at uh, Notre Dame High School and I'm looking at these kids, nobody's shaving yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? The first time I was, the first practice that I was at was uh, Jacob Brigman, great, really good football player here. And, um, and they just weren't going like hard, like practicing hard. They didn't know how to practice, right? So after the first one, I said, Jacob, I said, you got to start. And it, he was 14, 14 years old. <laughs> and and I said, Jacob, well, you're not going hard. He goes, you know what? I said, do you understand what I'm talking about? And he's just looking at me like a, a dog in a new pan. Whether, you know, what do I eat out of that thing or what? So I said, Jacob, how old are you? He goes, I'm 14. I go, do you even have a 10-speed bike? <laughs> first of all, <laughs> first of all, he didn't know what a 10-speed bike was, John. Yeah. They don't have those anymore. No, right? no, no, you're yeah, right. I, I think they call them gear bikes now. Uh, no, it, it is, It is because I went through the same thing going from college. But I don't even know how you've done it because you've been on top. I mean, you yeah. were close to being in the elite of your profession. You were in college. Uh, right. you, you almost got the Jets job. Uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda, and then you know you're you're offensive coordinator with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and now you're at Notre Dame High School in Chattanooga. Uh, That's right. To remain sane and normal, and I can't say you're normal, Jack, because I'm not either. But to remain somewhat normal and sane uh, has been a credit to to you and your your faith in your life. Uh, but you know, we're just trying to. I want to show that coaches. I want to show other coaches that. You know, number one, coaching is coaching. And and I've seen you with those kids. I came over, me and my wife came over and watched you uh, play a football game over at Notre Dame. Those kids look at you like you're a god. And and so coaching is coaching, uh, number one. You're still, uh, you're having a blast impacting those kids at Notre Dame. Correct or incorrect? No, no, I really believe, I really believe that. I believe that I'm here for a reason. And sometimes I... Sometimes I wonder what that reason is. Yeah, I'm with you. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, absolutely. But then you look at the growth of these kids, and I also teach wellness here, all freshmen. So I've got 100 freshmen, and I've got three all-boys classes and two girls' classes. And I've heard this more than a time or two, is they'll look at me going, Jags, why are you here? <laughs> why are you here and not there? And I got a big pack rail in my in my uh, in my room. I go, why are you not there? And why are you here? I said, well, I think there's a reason. I'm I still haven't figured out what that reason is, but I think I do impact a lot of kids. Yeah. In fact, I know I do. And you know that's that's something I think that's I don't know if you can put a 
price tag on that because you don't know what kid you're impacting or what kid you're influencing, you know, and I, and I think I do a lot of that here at Notre Dame. So, well, that, that, yeah, that, I mean, to me, the more, I, you know, and I don't know when you're, where you're going to finish. All right. But there's a lot right. of, there's a lot of coaching. There's a lot of coaches listening here. All right. We got division one basketball coaches. We got after it comes out that you're going to be on the, on the podcast, you're going to have a lot of football coach, but there's a lot of coaches that are, that are dying to be division one coaches. All right. right. And if I'm not a D one coach, what am I, who am I, you know, I'm an NAIA or, or I'm a middle school basketball coach, <laughs> you know, a middle school, it doesn't matter. I was a JV basketball coach for, for four years when I was going through college. I, I thought my games were the most important games in America. And, Always. And, and so that's why I want our coaches who are listening. Uh, you were, you were a national power at, at BC you coached Matt Ryan and then Aaron Rodgers and Favre at Green Bay, you, Michael Vick at, at the Falcons, and now you're at Notre Dame High School. And I know the games mean just as much to you, and those kids mean just as much. I know you're probably not making the money that you made at Green Bay and BC, but still coaching is coaching. You know what? It, it is, John. It is just – and it still is I, – I enjoy it. That's the part I really enjoy most is being on the field. It's kind of like a sanctuary. You know, like when you get out on the field, everything yeah. else stops. Yes, and you just and you just and you just coaching. But like wins and losses, they still matter. I don't because you. I always and I don't know, and I probably shouldn't do this, but I always took it personal when we lost or if, if we lose. It's like I didn't I didn't do a very good job this week coaching these guys. That's why we lost, which is probably an ego thing, probably more than anything. But that's the way I always feel. Like well, when you lose game, losing sucks, man. Yeah, I don't care what level you're on. No, I I agree. I agree. And and um, no, I just I I know your uh, your story to me is mind boggling uh, that you're not back on that level. Uh, and I'm gonna work very hard and and try to get your name out there so you can get back on that level. Uh, but really, as long as um, you know, I always thought when I was a little kid, I, I had a I had a basketball coach named Marty Street, and you know, I called him Coach Street, and I went, what an honor to be called Coach. Uh, what an right. honor not to be called, you know, Mr. Shulman or what. The The honor to me as I, was, as I grew up was to be called Coach. And if you're called Coach, you're something special. And and as I as I introduce you to start, I don't know you as Jeff. I don't know. You're, you're Jags to me. You're Coach Jags. And, right. and that's all probably you've ever known. And so what an honor, how rich you are, young man, and I said young, uh, to be called Coach Jags every day still to this moment. So, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Because I remember when I first started in that profession, I, I was coaching at Whitewater, and they called me that. And you know what? It, was, it really did sound cool, you know, because it was, a, it was a, a different thing. It was people looked up to you and looked at you for answers and um problem solving and and all that but yeah i think that being called coach is a is a real big honor yeah it really is. well i want you to, i want you to remember that so it's it's just a big honor i i'm just going to tell you this uh you know i don't know what they called you in green bay they probably called you a couple names we can't say on the podcast but well but, not so not so much the players but i know the <laughs> I know the fans. Yeah, know. I understand it. I was I mean, the stupidest guy in America. On on that le- on that level, on that level, what did Favre call you? 
Jags? Probably just Jags. Probably yeah, just, just Jags. Jags. All right. Yeah. And, you know, when I got to Notre Dame, too, because I, first of all, I put my, my whole name on, on the board the first day, right? And that was a bonus question for the first test. You got an <laughs> extra 10 points if you, can, if you can spell it. Yeah. So, yeah, so everybody could get an A. But anyway, um, yeah, the, even the kids, I even tell them, I go, look, I said, you call me Coach Jags, call me Coach. If you just want to call me Jags, I mean, that's fine, too. I, it doesn't matter because I know I'm the coach. You know I'm the coach. So, I mean, yeah. Well, the, well, the nice me. the nice thing is, the nice thing is, uh, as we're getting older, let me, you got something I don't have. They call you coach. And uh, exactly. you're, st- you're still coaching after all these years and, and what a journey you've been through. And like I've said, your journey. Listen, I, I watch those coordinators in the NFL. Those guys are getting to the game in a wheelchair. All right. So you got you got a good 20 more years. You can get to where you want to get back to. I, I believe I believe that. And again, it's what it is, is just getting another opportunity. And John, you and I have talked about this, God, many times. It takes one person to say yes. Absolutely. One person. And, um, but, you know, I still have a desire to, you know, coach on a collegiate level and um, maybe the pro level again. Because, I mean, I'm looking at all of these guys. And I know all these guys. Yeah. You know, I watch them on TV every week or I see them on TV every week. And so. Well, but, we're going to we're gonna help you. We're going to help you along the way. And, and who knows, someone out there may be listening to this say, man. What what a crazy story, and 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 hopefully help you. But uh, Jags, we appreciate your time, man. We appreciate your openness and wanting to talk about uh, kind of your journey and and a lot of journeys. You know, your journey like didn't keep on going uh, north. It, it went it went south a little bit, and that's but that's also it's part it. of that's also part of the journey. Mine went south too. M- most yep. people's journey goes south, and and other coaches need to listen to that uh, because trust me, there's a bunch of Shulman and Jags out there struggling with the same thing me and you struggle with. So, so thank you very much for your time and and uh, uh, looking forward to to hopefully helping a lot of coaches listen to your story. Well, I really appreciate that. I, I tell you one other thing, if I can just leave it with, with anything, your picture needs to be on whoever the young coach out there when they open up the dictionary and it says persistence on it, <laughs> your, your name better be next to that. Yeah, that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna get ahead and. You don't get your chances. Well, and when you when you get that chance, you just got to work your butt off. We're we're all going to fail, and we're all going to be told no, and it, it, we're all going to lose, and we just got to keep on battling through it. And some are better than others, no doubt. But we, you, you're right; you just got to stay persistent. Hey, Jags, thanks thanks so much, man. Appreciate your time, John. You're the best, man.